The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, September 19th, 2022, season 18, episode number 33. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Last week, we told you before we ended the show, the Cows of Cowboys were going to need to show us. I said the Cowboys They need to show us. And I think they did. Yesterday, Cowboys get a big win. 2017, Amber's trying to rewrite history. We're not going to allow her to do that. Uh, I don't think any of us. We're confident in that game yesterday, but what we saw was this team could pull together. A lot of guys stepped up. We'll talk about that throughout this hour. Uh, let's start first with what the stories of the game are. Let's go around the table. What do you think is the story of the game? Amber, let's start with you. The story of the game that you never know what can actually happen in a football game. So, And I feel stupid because – well, I shouldn't feel stupid because it was given reason based on what we watched week one – but a uh, story of the game is that they can actually win games while Dak Prescott is out. That's what I think right now. I think the they weren't perfect, but the way they start at, started out the game, the first half, showed us what they can actually do with the help, obviously, of defense. But they can keep it going and hold the fort down while Dak comes back. Nick. Micah Parsons, he's the best player on the field. He's one, maybe the best player in the league. And he absolutely dominated the game. And so I did not pick them to win. Uh, but when I had a couple of people asking me, do you think there's a chance, any chance? I just said, well, when you have the best player on the field, you always have a chance. He was the best player. He acted like it. And I think he was the reason why they won the game. Mike McCarthy set the tone very early in that football game. You know, to show the confidence. They didn't have a really good play on third and two. And then they go fourth and two. And I'm thinking – Man, he's keeping the offense on the field. Is he trying to get them to get 12 men? Because what happened is you had a lot of crossover. You had punt guys coming on, punt returners coming on for for Cincinnati. I'm thinking, okay, he's trying to draw them or he's trying to get them to burn a timeout right here. Just And then he's going to punt the football. But the confidence he showed in his team, McCarthy said it last week. He said it's about supporting the 48. And the 48 are the guys that address, that all dress. And he showed a lot of confidence in his team by doing that very early. And Cooper Rush delivered. I mean, the, the pressure in his face to get the ball inside to Noah Brown, their great route by Noah Brown to get open. It, it wasn't a safe throw at all. I mean, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty gutsy throw to make that. So I think the early confidence that he showed in his team and his 48 guys is what really kind of buoyed them along the way to win that football game. That, that is a really interesting point. I didn't, as I went back and thought about the game, there's so many moments, so many plays that you could point out. But that I do think was huge because you think about it, they punt right there, and you're now right back to kind of the same feeling you had last week. The offense just can't get going, and somehow when they do that, 
Now they kind of get some momentum and they start kind of rolling. Before yeah. you know what, they end up in the end zone. I mean, forget the punt. Well, how about a miss? How about an incomplete pass? Yeah, true. That's yeah. even yeah. worse. Yeah. You know, so that that just you're right. I mean, I thought that was that was uh, the first play I wrote down. Is that one of your five? Sure was. There we go. Yeah, it sure was. There I wrote that. I wrote that um, right early in the. In, uh, I usually don't write it during the game, but I wrote yeah. that one. I had a lot for the Bengals. Like if the Bengals would have won, I had a lot of plays that you could point to, but it just didn't didn't materialize him because of you know, like I said, the confidence. You know, he did it in Minnesota last year too. He started out, uh, he struggled a little bit in that game, but but then he hits a a backup receiver that he's worked well with in Cedric Wilson. Then he kind of gets going, and the next thing you know, he goes and wins the game in the fourth quarter. So uh, I think I think they realize that you got to get some confidence in him early, and that was a. That was a ballsy play. There, there's no other way to say it. I yeah, mean, there really was, and and you know he, he went for it early on, and yeah, he's paid off. he's given up three points to them immediately if you give them the ball mm-hmm. in the 44, and so he, and then you're you know there was a plan there. You know, usually Cincinnati they they decided you know hey yeah sure go ahead and take the ball we'll see we'll get a stop and then we're gonna you know put you put you to rest. But if you look at the plays afterwards. Plus nine, plus seven, plus five, plus six, plus three, and then you got the touchdown. So they did. They got in a little bit of rhythm, and they got some good mix when they were throwing and running the football as well. Look at Cooper Rush's numbers. He was nineteen of thirty-one, a sixty-one percent completion percentage, two hundred thirty-five yards passing, one touchdown, a ninety-five point five quarterback rating. Really good day for him. Good, good day. I think the numbers are flawed a little bit. Yeah. Um, he, he the sixty-one percent completion percentage is not great when a lot of them. Three or four of them are like, was that a run or a pass? A I couldn't of, figure that one out yeah, myself. A lot of safe one, and then of course you got forty six yards on a pass when you know that, it was pitch. It was it was a run by. <laughs> it was a pitch Pollard where he just happened to get ahead feet. of him. Yeah, but but that's okay. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about that. They they were they were safe. They were safe throws, safe plays. That's how you they managed the game and managed his plays. So, you know, it, it, he didn't mess it up. That's that's what you you want him to do. And she said. Can they win a game without Dak? Yeah, if the quarterback goes in and doesn't mess it up and the defense gives help. I will challenge just a little bit because I do think some of the throws he made to Noah Brown, particularly some in that first him. drive, yeah. there were some that came a little later in the game. Yeah. There were some th- plays and some throws that he had to make that yeah. he made and made good throws with. All five of the targets that were receptions for uh, for Noah Brown, look at him. They were all huge plays. Yeah. yeah. Every one of them yep. was a huge play. It wasn't like, oh, let's take a random throw here to Noah Brown. Every play he had was either a third down play, a fourth down play, or the touchdown. Yeah. You know, so every one of his throws, you talk about using, I'm going to give you a number that I think is even bigger than what Cooper Rush's number was. And that was 199 for Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. And then take the, the Saxon account, it's in the 160s for yards for him. You know, the last couple of weeks, if you look at what defenses have done to two of the best quarterbacks, in my opinion, you talk about Tom Brady, you talk about Joe Burrow. And for how the defense has been able to limit, you know, the the way they manage Cooper Rush kind of helps you along the way of how you're going to play some defense in this game, too, in my opinion. But the last two weeks, I mean, the numbers for these quarterbacks have not been anything – 
that's just going, wow, these core, you know, they, the defense has done a great job. And Cooper Rush not putting them in bad situations helped them in this football game. Yep. Yeah. And them. we'll get to that defense a little later. We're going to talk at length, talk about Micah and his day yeah. and really what they were able to do defensively overall. I think it was one of one of the better defensive performances I've seen in quite some sure. time. That all being said, let's go back though. I do want to talk a little bit more about Cooper Rush. Obviously, they had some success there at the beginning of the game in those first two drives. Then they kind of went on a lull where they really weren't getting anything rolling. But one thing I thought that was interesting was it wasn't like it was three and out every time. They'd have a drive, and they'd take a little time, and then they would kind of stall out, punt, which is fine in those kinds of games. Probably gives your defense a little extra help. What did you guys see from the standpoint of what they did early to maybe what they did or maybe what Cincinnati did to them uh, early versus what they they did to them a little later, uh, I guess throughout the middle part of the game. Yeah, I haven't I haven't got a chance to watch a lot of the replays of what Cincinnati did differently. Brian might be better yeah. for, for this one, but I do think the offensive line should be mentioned here on this. I mean, I actually watched a lot of Terrence Steele, and I thought he played much better. I I, I had a text message. I yeah. was texting you this morning, and then I, I I had to get on the radio, so I was like, well, I'm gonna have to go with it. I was gonna see what you if, if you thought Terrence still played pretty well, or at least he, he played better. Um, with no, the, I no think penalties. he I think he played fine. And when you talk about you know even there's some things with Tyler Smith that you get away with with him every once in a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're holds. we're not like holds holds bad feet. I mean, there's things that happen to him during the game that I'm sure that, you know, we're all like, it's not things that are killing you when you're getting, you know, you're not getting sacks or tackles for loss or things. Now, the one, they did have a tackle for loss. I don't know. I mean, it was Hendrickson shooting the gap. That's going to happen. Just give them credit on the play. But I felt like at the right side, I think Terrence Steele is actually a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. I just he's just a better athlete doing that. And so yeah, I mean there's there's things that, you know, it's like, man, that Tyler Smith, and you're like, you watch the all twenty two and you're like going, Oh, 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 okay. You know, you're kinda like, you know, cover your eyes on some stuff. But, you know, he hasn't he hasn't killed him, but to your point, I think that Terrence Steele played very, very well in this football game. There were so many times yesterday when we saw uh, Cooper Rush in the pocket, and he was—he didn't have anybody near him. He had yeah. time to kind of look downfield and look for what he wanted, and uh, and I think that's that's an improvement certainly yeah. over what we saw the week before. Now we also knew that, like I, I think the defense, the defensive front you get with Cincinnati versus what you get with Tampa Bay, there's a difference there. Yeah. But but all that being said, I do think the offensive line kept him pr- uh, relatively clean. Uh, overall, how would you assess Cooper's play? I know you said Nick, you kind of didn't think it. The numbers necessarily did I mean, yeah. tell the full story, but what what did you think of him overall as a as a player? Overall, I, overall, I thought he. I mean, considering the situation and everything coming into the game like that, I thought he played much better than he did the sec- last uh, time he got a start. Um, obviously, playing at home is better, but he seemed a lot more comfortable. And yeah, I, I, again, I'm not saying anything bad about those numbers. I'm just saying there's a couple of plays in there that you got to remember. Some of these passes were actually pretty short, um, but but that's the game plan. And he he did it. You know, with him, it's not having bad plays. And only to get sacked once, I thought was pretty impressive. Not only for the offensive line, but because of him, because he's not the most mobile guy. He got out of a couple. Um, I, I just I thought he looked he looked comfortable. He really did, and I thought he would throw it deep a little bit more than they did. They did not do that much. I thought the 
one of my concerns was going to be, or just kind of wait and see type of stuff with what Kellen Moore's game plan was going to be for him, like kind of readjusting the game and see if he could cater to what works best for a quarterback like Cooper Rush. And they did that. And, you know, I don't really have many complaints because I had a whole different perspective or view or outcome of this game and they managed to move the ball and win it wasn't perfect or anything like that and there were times you know that I was bothered by his like he didn't have any emotions like when you saw him on the big screen or like after a play or so he was just like so emotionless like there was no energy I'm like okay what is happening even when we were getting closer to the end of the game that they weren't able to move the ball very well I saw him getting out of uh, of the field and he's just like, I'm like, okay, we're going to lose this game. Like, he's not giving me anything. Like, I'm going to go back in there and fight. He was just, like, motionless, like nothing. And anyways, they managed to win. Even when he started talking to the media after the game, I'm like, bro, like, give a smile. Like, he wasn't even smiling or anything. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. My point is he was able to go in, play after play, even without any smiles or emotion on his face. He just got the job done, and he wasn't flustered by anything that, you know, those missed throws or the bad plays that he did in the second half. He just I, – I was I was impressed to what he could do, and now I think that, okay, we they can manage some wins here. Yeah, the, the thing with it's, – it's funny. Sometimes you have to be lucky along the way, and the pass on the final drive that Noah Brown caught was not a pass that was going to Noah Brown. That ball was, if you watch the tape, Mm -hmm. Hendershot's going to run underneath. They're going to drag it, and he's going to, he's trying to hit Hendershot on the drag, and it's going to be a big play up the sidelines. I mean, it's going to get him in field goal range. Maybe they get out of bounds. Maybe they can run the ball and manipulate things like that. So he's throwing the Hendershot. It gets hit, and it's deflected because his eyes the whole time, you see him looking at him like, I'm going to hit you with this pass. But the ball got deflected. Noah Brown did a great job of, you know, I mean, it's just one of those crazy, lucky things. I think that the coaches did a really good job helping him early in the game. I think in the second half, they went a little conservative for him. You know, some of the things. And once Phil, uh, once that Cincinnati started kind of getting back in the game by kicking the field goals and stuff, then you saw, okay, we need to open this thing back up a little why bit you, more. Sorry, why do you feel that happened? Because when I was watching the game, into the second half, I'm like wondering, okay, why does it look like the game strategy has changed when it was working so the well lead, at the beginning of the game? The lead, oh. the lead. I, I felt, you know, to me, when you look at what what probably what the what uh, Kellen Moore was thinking was, I'm up 17 to three at half here. I've moved into field goal range with some big plays to get him in the field goal range right before to get the points. So now he's thinking, listen, my defense is playing well enough. That's your key. That you know, and and, and to to. Cincinnati's credit, what they did was they're like, listen, you know, Joe Mixon really isn't running the ball, but what did they start doing? They hammered Joe Nixon, Mixon at you and then all of a sudden turned it into a physical kind of a game and wore you down. It's mm-hmm. like, listen, every time we drop back, these guys are swarming us. Yep. And to Dan Quinn's credit, he's putting hybrid defenses out there. I mean, hybrid, he's standing up linebackers who are defensive ends. He's got all this stuff going on, and he's really done a good job of confusing what Cincinnati's doing. But Cincinnati's thinking, like, we're going to get our quarterback killed here in the second half if we don't try and run the ball. That's the biggest adjustment, I think. I don't think it's so much what Cincinnati or what Kellen Moore did, maybe going a little conservative running the ball. 
But Cincinnati made the point, it's like, listen, we're only down 14 in this game. If we run the ball, we're not going to get our quarterback killed. And I think that plan worked for them to get them back in this football game. Yeah, I mean, uh, 100%. I mean, and, and not to look too far ahead, but, you know, the Giants are going to do the same thing with Saquon Barkley because the thing about Micah Parsons is that he rushes so wide on the outside, it does leave some of that, that middle open, though. But I'll say this, if we're talking about the defense, Micah gets a lot of credit, but if Micah moves around, he can move around and all that because he can. Well, guess what? Dorrance Armstrong obviously can move around too. So can um, Fowler. So can Sam Williams, I guess. So you got to give credit to Dan Quinn, but the rest of the guys too for saying, you know, if, okay, where's Micah going to line up? He's lined up here. I guess I'm over here. And they have to adjust as well. I, I think that, that that offensive line, I mean, if you're the Bengals, you're looking at it. I mean, no, no offense to, to the Armstrong and those others, but can you imagine just sitting being that right tackle and then you're like, 11's over there? Like, okay, good. Like, you know, like a. Oh, Leighton even got some action there. <laughs> yeah, Leighton Vander Action. He, he, See, that's, he that's, where, that's where, you know, and to Nick's point, the others help 11. 11 helps everybody. But if you, you know, if, if Wilson doesn't play down in the box, you know, if he's not down there making tackles, Vander Esch, much better game from Barr. Yeah, yeah, much better game bar, for Bar. Yeah. So you had guys that were that were doing things that allowed Micah to move all over the place because you know like one of the first runs they had in the game was you know we'd seen him get gashed on the outside runs in Tampa. They finally got a fill. I mean, they get Micah's chasing hard inside, and who's right behind him? Wilson. You know that's usually the curse roll where curse comes flying down there. Ball spills. There's your safety right there. Sound defense. Mm-hmm. That's what they that's what they were playing yesterday. They were playing some really, really sound defense. I think in that 19-play drive, they got wore out a little bit. But the guy who I thought would not make a tackle to save his life made two back-to-back. <laughs> one on, one on the, 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 the uh, second down play and one on third down to get them off the field. But the punt was beautiful to pin them down there on defense at the end of that day. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about this rushing game. Yesterday they got a little more of that balance that everybody wanted. We'll see all about what these guys think about that. We'll talk about it when we come right back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. 
Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Little Sweets! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweets says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Back to the break. Whether you're watching at home or cheering in the stands, Essler Lenses let you see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essler experts. Find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more, Essler. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. The segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. Let's talk about the rushing game. Listen to these numbers. Zcat, 15 carries for 53 yards, 3.5 average. Uh, he had also receiving, he was only one catch for two targets, negative one yards. Pollard, on the other hand, had nine carries, 43 yards, a 4.8 average. Uh, he caught four passes uh, of the seven targets he received, and uh, he got 55 yards, the key one being the 44-yard uh, reception, 46-yard reception he had uh, that, that a lot of people thought was a run. But either way, he made the play, and <laughs> he got there, down there to the goal line. Almost got in the end zone. I thought it was a run. Up, it's a game of inches. I did too. I, mean, I literally, thought it was a run. I'm like, it's, I thought it was kind of not. It didn't. It seemed like a, a like a little flip. It wasn't like the yeah. pop pass, or the little shovel, yeah. or something like that. It was more like a old school kind of run play to yeah. the right side there. Until yeah, we mean, saw the, re- the 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 replay, yeah. we didn't know. We didn't think it was yeah. a, a pass. But. It's a much different conversation today on talk radio and in here. If you're looking at the stat line of 10, 10, 10 carries, ninety nine yards. If he got if he has a ten for ninety nine yeah. and Zeke has a fifteen for fifty three, I mean we're still being talked about, but but it, it's a much different conversation now. Well, the conversation is should he be used more? He should be used exactly like that. I think exactly like he was used yesterday. Yeah, I yeah. mean you're not you're not an inside guy. You, you don't. Yeah. He does not an inside player, and and you have to do that if you want to use play action. Then you have to run the ball through the middle. He's not an inside runner. He's not that great at pass protection. I praised him for one time because it, Rush didn't get hit, but he certainly didn't wasn't Stonewall Jackson over there. I mean he he just got in the way enough. But I'm just saying he's gonna he, he's not gonna make his living in the middle of the tackles, which Zeke has done for seven years. It's an inside outside. It's a combination. It doesn't have to be either or. This is a both, and it's a and it works when they're working together. It's good. Brian, last week you said that you thought that really the the opportunity here from the running game standpoint was running to the outside. Were you surprised they didn't do that more yesterday? Yeah, I just to me it's you know, but it, it's because I felt like the tight ends. I think there was only one time where Schultz you know, hurt you on the edge. But Ferguson's doing a good job. Schultz is getting in the way. Yeah, and then you've got these tackles. I think the I think the strength of actually of Tyler Smith is run blocking. I think the strength of 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 Terrence Steele is actually run blocking. You know, and that to me is they you know the, the when the balls when the ball goes inside, especially to the right side, you I mean Smith does a great job. And we used to see this with Tyron Smith, the ability to cut the backside off 
And then all of a sudden it creates that little gap. And you can see whether it was Pollard or Zeke. Just they see it and they take that thing in. And maybe initially they didn't have a lot of confidence. They're thinking like, okay, it's Farniak and and Smith over on this left side. We're really not going to cut this thing back. It's not going to be done. But these guys are doing a pretty solid job with that and and, and giving them the, the ability to run. But, yeah, I feel like running to the outside is always a good thing for the for the Cowboys because I think with, with, with Pollard, they could get him to the edge and get him around the corner much quicker than they can Zeke. But, you know, when they're running on the outside um... – or like, for example, in certain plays, like Cooper Rush just throws him the ball mm. either to Zeke or Pollard. Mm. I feel that for some reason sometimes, I feel that, that those kinds of play are a little too slow. Like I see them at other times do yeah. it or even other teams do it and it's much, much faster. But for some reason, it feels like it's just a few seconds too slow and then it kills yeah. kind of your ability to go for it even further. Yeah, you know, the, I was thinking back in my mind of going back, the one play that they ran, they ran a counter where they pulled Martin and then Steele on the, they blocked everybody down inside and they got it. I mean, Smith, uh, Schultz, all those guys sealed everything off inside. And it was like an 11-yard run. And that's the kind of thing I was thinking that more, not just like you were saying, just flip the ball or toss the ball or whatever. It's like get linemen out there in front. If you could get everybody walled off inside and then get bodies around and then Zeke could just follow that up behind off the edge, that's how he can run the ball. That, that's how that's how they need to run the ball more. The movement, it's a lot easier for those tight ends to block down and seal their guy and then get people around the edge. So, What did you guys think of Zeke's play yesterday? Because I think there are some mixed feelings about it. Uh, I think he did exactly what the Cowboys wanted him to do, which get the tough yards. But but what did you guys think overall? Yeah, I mean, it was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't great. It was, a, it was not easy to run there. I mean, we knew that going in that – that you know the Bengals were probably going to load it up there and, and get a lot of guys close to the line of scrimmage, and I thought, you know, he he did a, a, a decent job. It wasn't it wasn't as good. I mean, he's the, he's not you know the same as as Pollard running on the outside. He had a couple of nice runs, but I think for the most part, it was it was just a solid day. DJ Reader makes things problematic for when you run the ball against Cincinnati. He's the defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. He's really good. He's hard to move. They, he split a couple of double teams in the game. Farniak and and you know and Biotish were trying to block him, and he just overpowers both those guys. And Zeke ends up getting like a two, three yard gain because of it. You know that's it's similar to what happened with Vita Vea last week. You know you get that when you deal with a guy that plays it's that big inside, and especially if Zeke's not going to run the ball wide. If it's going to be inside running, then it's about securing some guys like Vita Vea and DJ Reader and guys like that. And and that was a little bit of a struggle for for them yesterday. And that's I think affected the way that Zeke was able was carrying the football. But you know what? Something that caught my attention too is yeah, Zeke could have done more, but when I thought about it, just watching the game, it was impressive the fact that they were able to do what they did but without the use of your main guys. Like, your main guys weren't the ones making the plays. And by that, I mean Ezekiel Elliott. He wasn't making those flashy plays. Dalton Schultz wasn't the one making those flashy plays either. Neither was CeeDee Lamb. So you really managed to move the ball, move the chains with guys that, although they're kind of your starters right now, but I consider kind of 
your backup guys down the line. You won the game with a practice squad quarterback. Exactly. And a practice squad kicker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Not anymore. I think think they're on the team now. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about the wide receivers. Uh, The the stat lines for them were impressive, I think. Uh, Noah Brown was 5 of 5. Five targets, five catches, 91 yards, 18.2 average. Uh, so they were getting the ball downfield to him, and he was making something happen when he'd get the ball. He did have the touchdown as well. C.D. Lamb had seven catches on 11 targets, 75 yards, a 10.7 average. My question is, last week there was a lot of talk about uh, were the receivers getting open? Was Dak just doing a bad job getting them the ball? Was he not finding them? Was there enough separation? What did you guys see this week that may have been different with regards to how the receivers were playing between how they played for Rush this week and how they played for Dak last week? I mean, that's not easy to to answer that one. I mean, I, I, I do think that they got open – a little bit better in this game, I think. Like you know, Brian said last week. I mean, they were they were open at times. I think the biggest difference, though, honestly, was the offensive line. I, I think the offensive line created a better pocket uh, for for Cooper Rush than what Dak had this week. I mean, I thought Cincinnati would be a little bit better up front than they were, um, but but they they weren't. I mean, it was to me it was the offensive line gave him more time, and I think that that some of the play calls were were a lot, you know. Um, I don't know if simplify is the right word, but it just seemed like more direct. And this is what we're trying to do. We're going to get the ball to CD right here. We're going to get the ball to Noah Brown. And, and you know, it wasn't – it was just throws that are in Cooper Rush's wheelhouse. Yeah, the the biggest difference, and it might be about CD's ability to win because they had a slant that they hit for a big play. Mm-hmm. And the ball was in front of him on the slant. And that's what we've been kind of thinking about here. Like, we've seen Dak double hitch. And is he double hitching because he's not sure that CD is released and is to the point? And Dak doesn't want to throw interceptions. Yeah. Nobody wants to throw interceptions. But Dak's looking at, like, release, release, you know, and he's trying to – and whereas Cooper Rush is like, what do I got to lose? I'm throwing this ball. And then, you know – It's and like you, step, 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 bam. It's, yeah, you, yeah. You know, sometimes you wonder CD would go step, 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 and then you're like – it's and then Dak's pulling it. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's step, step, and then inside, and now the ball's in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was a really good example of what happens when you throw the ball in front of receivers and you let them go get it, you know. Like the the free play that that Noah Brown caught was just you know it's like free play throw and he, you know Noah Brown up the sidelines throw the ball up it's a big big play mm-hmm. so yeah it, when you throw guy when you throw the ball now is it all on Dak no because just what we're talking about what's Ceedee Lamb doing coming off the ball is he is he taking that extra step to try and free himself and not and Dak's like you got to be inside bro I can't hold this thing any longer mm-hmm. you know and I think that's I think that's a problem for both the quarterback and then the wide receiver in in regard to them trying to throw those inside breaking routes. Yeah, the thing that came to me immediately, and not to copy Nick's, but as soon as you said that, I just thought of the offensive line and what they were able to do for Cooper Rush. Because the game, just even when they started, it just didn't feel rushed. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't feel like, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) but but it, it felt like they had extra seconds to get where they needed to go. Like, the defense from the Bengals weren't creating that kind of, like, anxiety for you, that uh, keeping you on your toes, like, oh, no, we got to – no, they they were able to kind of – so I, I'm – There was a couple of times where Rush really hung in there 
I mean, where like yeah, like yeah. like it's late leakage, and then all of a sudden it's like ball out, and he's bam, he's mm-hmm. hit. But he stood there. I mean, he, to his credit, he's like, I've got to make this throw, and he was able to get it, pull it off. Based on kind of your analysis, when you had, if you were to compare the two defenses from week one, week two, because I'm trying to figure out, okay, how much was it on the defense versus how much was it really on what Kellen's more offense was able to do? I, I think the big difference there, too, is you look at Cincinnati's linebackers. I mean, the linebackers yeah. are just not difference makers like what the Bucks have. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I don't think most teams have what the Bucks have at linebacker. Dallas does, yeah. I think, and that's it, if you call him a linebacker. If you don't call him a linebacker, then no. But I'm just saying <laughs> that's where that's the center of everything. That's where really great defenses are. They can rush. They can be in coverage and all that. And I think that that's the biggest difference is that – Tampa had linebackers that are in coverage back there. I mean, Devin White and yeah. those guys making plays, David and all that. All and I think that was just a big difference of the defense. I mean, their front was okay, uh, but I, you know, Hendrickson really wasn't a huge. He wasn't difference. a factor. No. He wasn't a factor. The only time he really, really was a factor was you know on the, that, one uh, that one run where he just slanted inside and Tyler Smith just couldn't cut him off, and it looked bad because. Biotish was trying to get him, and it almost looked like that Biotish jacked up the play, but he was just trying to clean up the mess of the uncertainty of Tyler. It was just a great call by Cincinnati. They called the right defense into the right play, mm-hmm. the blocking, you know, but the linebackers are right. I'll tell you what was really positive for me yesterday when you start to talk about the receivers and offense, and I think Tampa's got good safeties. I think the Bengals have good safeties too, and Noah Brown's touchdown was run against against Jesse Bates, who is their who's the franch on the franchise tag for them. Mm-hmm. He's one of their better defensive players. I mean, that for him to separate and lose him in the back of the end zone, I think that's a great, great sign for your guys and how they play from one week to the next. What I liked about about uh, Cooper Rush, particularly on that touchdown, is you know we, we said could this be check down Charlie? Could this be a guy that's yeah. going to? There were times where he he would rolled out and he had an underneath route and he took it to that second level, including the the touchdown throw there. So he's not afraid. He's not afraid well, to let it rip. I'll tell you what's funny. You say that because remember Dak's interception on the boot last week with all the clutter and all that. Cooper Rush got the same kind of look. He could have thrown it. What he do? He didn't throw it. He ran. He yeah. ran for like three yards. He could have made a throw underneath, and it had mm-hmm. been probably five yards. And, or you know, whereas Dak took the shot down the field, Cooper Rush is like, uh-uh, I'm not throwing that ball and all that clutter down there. He mm-hmm. just took off running and got the three yards and fought for another day. He, he talked about um, some of the Tyler Smith blocks getting away with something. Oh. If you go back and look at the touchdown run by Pollard, the one the one yard run. Uh, uh, Ferguson, no, 87. Who's our Who's our Jake Ferguson? Yeah, yeah. False start. They didn't call it. Like he hitched like that. Mm. They didn't call it. And one of the guys is like points, and then they snap the ball, and yeah. it's a touchdown and all that. But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm really shocked that they didn't call that. That would that would have been you know first and goal from the six. Yeah, probably still get in. But um, but I thought overall Ferguson played pretty well. Yeah. And and we'll see how Dalton Schultz's injury looks like. Um, you know, not really sure where we stand there with that, but Ferguson's probably gonna have to play a lot if yeah. he's he came back in the game, but then took himself just back for a out. Play. So, yeah, yeah he took himself right back out. So didn't look good. Didn't look good. Um, we're gonna take our final break. When we come back, we'll talk about the parts of the team that probably made the biggest difference yesterday: the defense and definitely the special teams. We'll talk about that in a minute. It's DallasCowboys.com radio. This week. 
Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the Cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Join former NFL players for our first game day minicamp presented by Invisalign. Drop the kids off at the Ford Center October 2nd, 1130 to 3:30, while you watch the Cowboys take on Washington Commanders from your favorite restaurant in the Star District. The kids will be on the field with those former NFL players. Register your kid for a camp at DallasCowboys.com slash Academy. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Again, we are presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk defense. Here's how I'm going to set it up. Micah, go. Best player on the field. Lions like got to eat. Yeah. I, <laughs> Lions got to eat. I thought they had a really, really good plan in this one. Yeah. They, they knew that Cincinnati – you hold – Jamar Chase to five catches in the game. Joe Burrow under 200 yards. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Playing some defense out there. Defense. You're, you're talking Six about sacks. Yeah, sacks. Nine quarterback the, hits. The running game. The running game didn't really get going. I mentioned it. I think that Cincinnati's figured out, we better run the ball or we're going to get our quarterback killed. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Dan Quinn had a really, really good plan for this one. And as far as you know, guys like Barr, Wilson, Van Der Esch, you know, those guys, the linebacker, those guys help the way they play. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they kind of 
they kind of complement some of the things that are going on. It allows you to sit there. Fowler, we didn't say Fowler's name once in Tampa. Yesterday, he was a factor in that football game. It just goes back to the confidence that you have. And Ambar, you were talking about it earlier. You go, when we started at training camp, what's the confidence you have in the defense? Huh, Dan Quinn. What's the confidence you have in the offense? I'm really not sure what mm-hmm. Kellen Moore is going to do this year. <laughs> and Dan Quinn, you don't worry about that. He took a – he knew that Cincinnati was bad across the five. He knew it. And he's like, I'm not going to let you get away with it. So many times in the past, we've seen Cowboy defensive coordinators, the Giants come to mind on a, like a Sunday night game or something like that where all five of their linemen were out. And you're thinking, ah, here we go. They're going to get after Eli Manning in this game. Eli Manning didn't even get touched, no pressures, no numbers for any of these guys. This guy won't let you have bad defensive or bad offensive players out there and not take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. He will find your bad players, and he will attack those bad yeah. players. It's definitely uh, 100%. And I, and I think that I, I just keep thinking back to what Tom Brady wrote on his wristband of playing the Ravens about fine 20 before every snap, uh, yeah. Ed Reed. Uh, I just can't imagine that you don't do the same thing with Parsons. I mean, we're doing it from the press box. I want to watch him every snap. I want to see where he is. I can't imagine if you're Joe Burrow, you don't do that. You know, it's just such a dynamic weapon to be him to just find the weak link and, and go and rush and, and do that. I mean, it's a, it's amazing. There's you, time. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say there are times where even from the press box, I mean, you have a bird's eye view, so you see everything. So I can't imagine. And there are times where I'm watching the games and all of a sudden, obviously, I'm between my computer and then I look up or whatever. And then I'm like, whoa, where did he come from? Like, Micah? I'm like, how did he get there? So I can't imagine being on the field and actually having to deal with that. And you were talking about the run defense. That's the one area that I think the Cowboys have struggled with, and we've kind of talked about it. Even going back to last year, that's the one thing that if they could be better in stopping the run, they would be a full, complete defense all around. But this is the one game that they show – they did. They did that, and we keep. We can keep talking about Micah Parsons, putting him on graphics, putting him on highlights, and everything. But it's it's so amazing what all the other players are doing as well that he you mentioned. Games. Because they allowed him yeah. to be the star. So it's like it, it, we got to give credit to all those other guys as yeah, well. Yeah, you, you talk about. I mean, mentioned Dan Quinn, and you know the fact that he got Tom Brady to throw an interception in that game by alignment of, of Wilson and lining him in the A gap, and then and then peeling out of there and getting an interception. Yesterday they have a setup where they let Micah Parsons rush free on a third down. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how he f's up your your scheme because he had those two linebackers yeah. sitting in the in yeah, the and they gaps yeah. because all of a sudden they're thinking we've got to squeeze yep. and let the furthest guy from the ball free. Who's the furthest guy from the ball? In Micah the- Parsons. <laughs> I mean, that to me that's, that's what somebody stupid. says, including yeah. the quarterback. Yeah. All right, let's let's scratch that, that, scrap that. Like yeah. somebody get eleven. Hey, by the way, oh Joe, hey, number right. eleven's going to be a free rusher on this one. You know, <laughs> and, and then Joe's like, well, <laughs> like what? No. And he's like, snap, and now he's trying to throw the ball to Chase, and it's like, you know, it's eight miles over his head. It's because they, you know, he schemes up eleven in order to have success. Yep. Double A blitz, run them out of there, bring them. Whatever you do, you affect the way the scheme works. Mm-hmm. And to free up eleven where nobody blocks him, there was yeah, that's there was a play in the press box. We were in the press box. There was a play where Burrow went back to pass. And he's, he's back. He's, he was there. 
He's pumped, pumped, waded through it to the sidelines, and you know, and it was incomplete. And uh, Derek was like, "Man, he had a lot of time on that play." I was like, "Yeah, Mike was out. Of, Mike was out of game. And he was he was out of the game. Like, oh, oh okay. And now that he's makes in the sense. game. Yeah, yeah, it's like, does what? He has to have a rest. I mean, like, that's that's the one. I don't thing ever want him off the field. No, no. And he has to come off sometimes, but I don't thing, want him off the field. That same thing was was talked about with Demarcus. Yeah. Ware. Same yeah. thing. We're like, how do you ever rest him? You know, yeah. and it's hard to, but. It's working now. He's he's banged up a little bit right now. He yeah. does have a couple of injuries he's dealing with, and you know he, he was affected in that second uh, fourth quarter. You could yeah. tell it was affected a little bit. I think he's got a knee and a toe injury, but you know just, he got it. Got an extra day. Got eight yeah. days now to get ready for Daniel Jones. When you think about though, just the 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 number of guys. Think about this: Fowler, Armstrong, Tank, Sam Williams, Anthony Barr, LVE, Micah, Donovan Wilson, Trayvon Diggs. All had what I would call big plays in the game mm-hmm. yesterday. It was not just a one-man type thing. And, and I, I'm a big believer in, I know, Amber, you said those guys allow him to kind of be the star. I actually think of it a little bit on the flip side, and I look at it as what Micah brings to a defense is because he's so disruptive, there creates these opportunities for other guys. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can – we saw the, the, yeah. the sack that LVE got was yeah. all about Micah getting there, flushing the quarterback – LVE fills right. He gets it's, so much attention. Yeah, he gets so much attention, and and yeah. so I I really believe that this is this is what you you should be meaning when you say a player that elevates everybody else's play. It's because he's so much of a great player. He's so disruptive that everybody else gets an opportunity to do things that if they can just beat their guy, then I don't have one guy to beat. If they can beat their guy, they can create. You know, they can make the big play. So I think. He just changes a defense. He's it's a just win-win right now. Yeah. You either you focus on him and then you let other guys go at it, or you well take out other guys and he's gonna destroy you. Yeah, and it's probably gonna get me in trouble for saying this, but no offense to Tank, but you know this is what we thought that when Tank was having that success, like oh he's gonna help others, mm-hmm. he's going to rush and it's going to help others. Tank played really well yesterday. I mean, some super hustle plays that he was making, you know, that you don't – when you watch the All-22, you're going, oh, okay, well, there, there's 90 again. There's 90. It's just not about the numbers with him. It's not about the sacks. But there was a time where we thought, man, Tank is going to elevate everybody's game. He's yeah. going to – you know, really it's like, you know, number 11 is elevating everybody's game right now the way he's playing. Yeah. So real quick before we end the show, I do have to talk about the special teamers because I think all three of them had moments yesterday – that really factored into this win. You look at the kicker, Brett Maher. He has uh, two field goals uh, that he kicks, including the game winner. He now is three of three for the season. All of his kicks, all three of his kicks are 50-plus, and he's made all three. That's impressive. Brian Anger yesterday, he pinned Cincinnati there at the end Huge. of the game. Pins him back at the eight with 2.13 left in a tied ball game. To me, that was one of the plays mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, and then you had Cavante Turpin, who – for the you know first real time, he's getting some opportunities here with a little bit of room. He had two punt returns for 34 yards. He did have the 20-yard return uh, to the Cincinnati 49. That was with 50, 51 seconds left in the first half. That led to the field goal to put him up 17-14. So look at special teams right now. Mm-hmm. Special teams is performing at, an, at, a, at, a high, at a really high level yesterday, and that made a big difference. I'll tell you what, and, and you talk about Maher. They, they made the right decision there. Usually, how many times we've been so critical of this front office for like just sitting there and hoping and thinking that everything is going to be all right with the kicking situation. They saw it in Oxnard. We were all watching it every day. Every time the Garibay kicked, it was looked like they was digging, throwing more dirt on him. And then, you know, and then 
Hiralahu, they're like, you know, his leg's not strong enough. Yeah, he's accurate, but he's like, they went and got Maher because they know he can make 50-yard field goals. It was close, though. Man, that was a close one. Oof. I mean, it was close, but it was through. And that's why. And then, you know, you look at you look at what do they do in the offs in the in, during training camp? They go get Turpin. We saw what Turpin did against uh, against the Chargers, but that 14 yard return that he got that was a 63 yard punt that he fielded right there at the Dallas 21 and brought it back 14 yards. And it probably should have been 14. It was just his speed that got him the 14. It was it's crazy to think that they that he basically saved Dallas a first down along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, that for them to have to to save him that distance. He could have caught that ball, got trapped, something bad happened and now Dallas is trying to drive the ball down the field. Yeah. No, he did a great job of getting it to the back to the Dallas 35. And that set him up for the rest of the drive. It's an absolute domino effect because it goes back to the punt. And if you punt, think about it. If you punt the ball at the 14-yard line, okay, well, you know, Burrow's going to be standing at the 7 or 8 when he drops back. But if you punt it at the 8 and he wants to throw the ball, he's standing around his goal line. Yep. It's just, human, it's just human nature to, to not be as, you know, as aggressive. And so they're not aggressive. Diggs makes a couple of great tackles there. Then So now you, you, you're, your, punter, your punter's standing there <laughs> in, in his end zone. He, of course he's going to punt as far as he can. He has no choice but to outkick the coverage because he's trying to get it out yeah. that way, and that's what Turpin gets to do. It's, it's just a domino effect. It all leads back to that punt, though, by anger. And then the stop, and then you know it just leads to it. Complimentary that's, football. That's, good team that's football. exactly it. it was team, team football, football yesterday. Yep. You look across the board. There were so many guys that made so many plays. It was not just relying on the quarterback being great. Everybody had their part. Everybody had their moment. That's how the Cowboys are going to have to win, especially while they have Dak out. But even when he comes back, everybody's got to keep that same level of intensity and that same level of performance in order for them to be successful. I, All right. I just love the fact that you got you, you played Brady and you played Burrow, and, and you got some other ones coming up very later, but now it's about to be Daniel Jones and Carson Wentz and you know Stafford and, and, and Hurts. I'm trying to say those guys aren't as good as the two you just played. <laughs> All right, and good. So that's I what I'm trying to say. It. Just say it. They're, they're not. I mean, but that doesn't mean they're not athletic. They can hurt you in yeah. different ways, but if you— you got different problems this week. It's not going to be the quarterback as much as it may have been. I'll, these I'll everybody, everybody thought you were going to yeah. be one and one at this point right i think most people probably thought that when you do that when you do that silly game we play every year win loss 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 win win loss yeah play that game you said if you came out of the first two weeks one and one you felt pretty good about it i love i love the fact we're making justification (laughs) three years in a row the cowboys have won in week two all of it with a game-winning field goal and a walk-off. that's mccarthy's first win of of the season every time has been a walk-off field goal at the buzzer Mm. so we'll take it Okay. That's what the Cowboys needed. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, for Nick Eben, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?